Well, there is no show today. That's the bad news. Uh, the bosses were upset that I've been complaining about the hotel accommodation so much, and so they've fired me. They said, uh, if I don't like the hotel, I can go back to being homeless in my car. Uh, no, that's not actually what happened at all. We just are traveling, and that's why we can't, unfortunately, do a show today. But the good news is that we still have some content to feed to you, my sweet babies. I would never let you starve from a lack of content. So we got something special, uh, a little bit of relationship advice that I'll be doling out on a Friday. That's coming up in just a second. But I want to tell you that this video is brought to you by 40 Days for Life, and there's no better time to talk about 40 Days for Life after the uh, Texas abortion ban and all the discussion uh, about abortion that has been reignited in the last week. You know, what we find for a lot of conservatives who, who, who have the right view on this topic uh, still aren't always prepared to discuss and defend their pro-life views. And that's why 40 Days for Life has just released the perfect book for those looking to arm themselves against a broad range of pro-choice talking points uh, titled What to Say When, the complete new guide to discussing abortion. The book is an easy read for individuals looking to defend life and convert hearts. A lot has changed, of course, since abortion was legalized in 1973. What to Say When equips readers with proven approaches to dismantling the pro-abortion agenda. These methods have already enabled 40 Days for Life members to convert the hearts of 221 abortion workers. And another nice thing about this book is that uh, I actually wrote the foreword for it, so I can endorse it personally. And I also, even though I talk about these issues all the time, I uh, really enjoyed reading the book and I, I gleaned a lot from it as well. So, What to Say When, the complete new guide to discussing abortion. Uh, you can get that with free shipping and 21% off a signed hardback at 40daysforlife.com slash what to say when. And that's uh, what's sponsoring the video that you're about to watch. Also, speaking of videos, on Monday, though, we're also not going to be doing a show. Nobody in the company will be. But uh, we have something very special on Monday. If you, if you check back on YouTube, we're going to finally have our Sweet Baby Gang Anthem Contest. You don't want to miss that. We're going to finally select uh, what, our, what the anthem is that will, that will uh, reverberate through our hearts for, for all time. So make sure you check for that on Monday. I'll be back on Tuesday. Godspeed, my sweet babies. Check out the video. You know, one thing I do uh, sometimes on this channel is dispense relationship advice. It's been a little while since our last relationship advice segment, I think. And uh, I know that couples uh, across America and the world really are hanging in the balance, falling apart, unsure what to do without my guidance. And so uh, I'm back to, to be that guiding light for you again as we return to the relationship advice forum on Reddit to settle these disputes, answer questions, repair broken bonds. Let's check it out. We'll start with uh, this question here says, my girlfriend of two years just revealed to me that she might want to try a one-off every so often in our otherwise monogamous relationship in which we would message the other person that we're taking a night off, meaning taking someone else home and having sex with them that night. <laughs> so we're going to have sex with other people, but otherwise we're going to be monogamous. I don't think it means what you think it means. You know, I'm a ve vegetarian other than the three or four times a day that I eat meat. It's kind of a similar thing. For context, we're talking about sexual preferences, and it sort of struck me out of nowhere because she's so far led me to believe she's a pretty possessive and sometimes jealous girlfriend who doesn't like to share her significant other. It came as a little bit of a shock because I definitely wouldn't be okay with it, and she knows that I prefer monogamy in long-term relationships. We tried talking out a little in which I stated my case, but I'm just kind of worried that she might want that in the distant future if we get engaged and eventually married like we've talked about in the past. Any advice is welcome. Well, you're not going to get uh, engaged or married because what you're going to do is break up. Bye, Felicia. This, uh, she's asking for permission to cheat. She's probably already cheating. This is probably more of a, 
this is more of her seeking validation after the fact for what she's already done. But even if it isn't, she's telling you, I don't, I'm not interested in being committed to you, which means what's the, in what sense are you even in a relationship at all? That's an easy one. Just be done with her and break up. Uh, glad we could settle that. All right, next. It says, I feel like I'm not allowed to have my own time. I've been dating my girlfriend for almost half a year now, and it's been mostly great other than her clinginess. She's the type to send multiple walls of text while I'm at work, and then when I give her a quick response trying to explain to her I'm busy, she thinks I'm upset at her, which in reality I, I am, and I've tried to explain to her that there's no need to blow my phone up when I'm on the clock at work or at school. I'm trying to explain to her I'm busy, and I've even set boundaries for her to not borderline spam me when I don't reply, but I feel like when I bring this up, she thinks you don't want me to text you at all. She's also tried calling me while I'm at work, and uh, when I don't answer, she'll text my parents asking if I'm safe. There's also been instances of me having to text her to get her to let me be when I'm hanging out with a friend. Uh, okay, we, I think we get the idea here. Extremely clingy, extremely needy. Once again, I would say break up. Bye, Felicia. Uh, now, granted, you guys have been dating for half a year, you'd say, which, uh, which means you've barely been together at all. Okay, so you're, you're still babies in a relationship, and she's still in the infatuation stage of things. And every couple has the infatuation stage when you're sort of obsessed with each other and you need to be around each other 24-7, which there's no love before. The infatuation is, gets in the way of love. There can't be real love because the infatuation stage is self-focused. You're obsessed with how this person makes you feel, so it's all about you. She's texting and calling you all the time. Not because she's actually worried about you, but more that she needs that constant connection with you for her own self. But she doesn't really care if she's intruding on you or not. So it's really not about you at all. It's more about her. Tell me I'm pretty! Tell me I'm pretty! Tell me I'm pretty! There's probably nothing beneath the infatuation except the infatuation itself. This is going to be one of those situations where you stay with her, and then in a few months, she gets bored and just breaks up with you all. So she'll go from utterly obsessed with you she, to she doesn't want any, anything to do with you. Just like that. Or she'll cheat or something. So I just cut this one off now. I mean, general rule here, if you've been dating for only six months and she's already annoying the hell out of you every second of the day, not a good sign. So I would uh, just leave that one alone. You know, just to cut in here very quickly, you know what this all reminds me of? Magnesium. Especially Magnesium Breakthrough by Bi Optimizer. Listen, if you're having trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, one of the best things you could possibly do is start getting enough magnesium. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. But please do not run to the store to buy the first magnesium supplement you find. Most magnesium supplements use only the two cheapest synthetic forms, and since they're not full spectrum, they won't uh, fix your magnesium deficiency or help you sleep better. That's no good. That's why you need Bioptimizer. There are actually seven unique forms of uh, magnesium, and you must get all of them if you want to experience its calming, sleep-enhancing effects. That's why I recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. Simply take two capsules before you go to bed and you'll be amazed by how much better you sleep and how much more rested you feel when you wake up. So for an exclusive offer for my listeners, go to www.magbreakthrough.com Walsh and use code Walsh10 to save 10% off when you try Magnesium Bioptimizer. Oh, and one more thing, for a limited time, Bioptimizers is also giving away free bottles of their best-selling products, uh, P30M and uh, Masszymes with select purchases. So. Go to www.magbreakthrough.com slash Walsh now to get your exclusive 10% discount plus the chance to get more than 50% worth, uh, $50 worth of supplements for free. And also, once a month, you know, the hosts of Daily Wire come together 
on backstage for some lighthearted debate and some sometimes not so lighthearted debate as well, but it's always a very interesting and a lot of fun. I'm extremely excited to tell you that our backstage in October is going to be staged a little bit differently. Instead of just tuning in from your home, you'll be able to see us live and on stage at the famous Ryman Auditorium right here in Nashville doing what we do best, which is making sense. So join myself, Candace Owens, Jeremy Boring, Ben Shapiro, Michael Knowles, and Andrew Clavin for a backstage like never before. Pre-sale tickets sold out within hours yesterday, and general admission tickets went on sale at 10 a.m. today. We're offering three different kinds of tickets, VIP tickets that come with an exclusive gift and a meet and greet with the Daily Wire talent, followed by a ticket that uh, comes with upgraded seating and a show poster, and finally tickets for general seating for all you cheapskates. Whichever ticket you choose, I guarantee it's going to be a good time. Hurry, though, because uh, if, if this is, this, these tickets aren't going to last forever. So head to dailywire.com slash Ryman to purchase your tickets before they sell out. My husband and I have been together for 13 years, married for five. At the beginning of our relationship, he was super affectionate, holding hands, cuddling with me the whole nine yards. We've always gotten along great and had a really positive, fulfilling relationship in every sense of the word. Not surprisingly, after being together this long, things have changed. I've noticed in the past year or so that he's been much more physically distant. He's not affectionate at all anymore, and our sex life has dwindled to once a week and seemingly unenthusiastically on his part. When I've asked him about this, he always tells me it's just because he's getting older and isn't interested in sex anymore. About the not being affectionate thing, he says, grown men don't like being hugged and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the final straw was me getting COVID and having to sleep in separate rooms to quarantine. He, he said he still wants to sleep in separate rooms, telling me it's because he sleeps better. We still get along and have a lot of fun together, but I feel like at this point, he treats me like a roommate instead of a wife. I don't want to leave him, but I also don't think 30, 38 is too old to give up on a romantic relationship entirely. Uh, okay, so I'm going to take the opposite approach here and say that breaking up, divorcing shouldn't even be on the table. What worries me the most in this whole thing is that you said, uh, I don't want to leave him, but, right? Like that shouldn't be in the discussion at all. Of course, you're not going to leave him for this. That doesn't make him right in what he's doing and how he's treating you, but this is not a divorce situation, not even close to it. This is what's known as a rough patch. Happens in marriages sometimes. The only thing that makes it a little bit unusual is the bit where he doesn't want to sleep in the same room, and that you can't allow at all. That's a death knell. Separate rooms? I mean, then you really are roommates. Not to mention if you have kids, the message that sends to them, so that's no good. As for the rest of this, you know, you have to let him know what your emotional needs are and that it's not all about him. But that should be something you could talk about. One other thought here. Married for five years together for 13. So you were together for seven or eight years before marriage. This is maybe yet another reason why long engagements or courtships or dating periods or whatever are not very good because you're hitting this rough period, these kind of doldrums way earlier than you should be because you were already eight years in by the time you even walked down the aisle. And that means you hit your rough patch as you, you know, you hit your rough patch early and you aren't going to have all these many, many years of marriage behind you as to serve as a stable foundation to see you through. And that's part of the problem. You want to be sick of each other like once you've been married for a while. I'm kidding, of course. I mean, you know, the, the doldrums and the rough patches, it's, it's not inevitable. Not every marriage has them, but it can happen. And uh, I'm suggesting that you're on a bit of a sped up timeline because of your very, very long preseason. So cut the preseason down. Get right to the main, the, to, to the season. Can't do anything about that now. So I would say just talk it out. Okay. That's great advice for me. Uh, just talk about it. What do you want me to do? I would make a terrible therapist. Maybe we should chug on over to Mamby Pamby land where maybe we can find some self-confidence for you, you jack wagon. Okay, one more here. This says, um, 
I feel that my girlfriend can be the perfect future wife, but I'm afraid that I met her too early in life. I've been with her for four years since I was 15. She was my first real relationship. She's the one I lost my virginity to. We've had our ups and downs, but everything right now is going great. She's really mature for her age, and that's why I think she'd be a good wife. My problem is that I don't know if I want to spend my whole life having only been with one woman. She's the only one I've ever had sex with, and I fear that my romantic and sex life will become boring due to the lack of diversity. I don't even know if sex is that great since I don't have any other references. Adding to that, there's a few girls that are interested in me, and sometimes when I think about it, I find myself wanting to be with them. So basically, I want to live my youth and have a few experiences with different women, but I don't know if I can leave my girlfriend because I don't know if I'll be able to find a wife as good as her in the future. Okay. So she could be the perfect wife, but you want to find someone who is what? More perfect? You want references? What is this, a job search? You, you want to you be able to compare her to other women? for Why? For what reason? No, you, you got to grow up, son. This, this, this isn't even a grass is greener on the other side situation. Because you don't think the grass is greener, as you admit. You just think that it might be different. It's different grass. And you want, a, you want different grass for difference for the sake of difference. Grass? <laughs> different for difference's sake. Or diversity, as you put it. This is, you know what this is like? I'll tell you what this is like. This is like when you're walking through an airport and there's a potbelly sandwich shop right there. But you say, no, 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 no. I'm not going to get the sandwich there. Even though I know it's delicious, I'm going to keep walking. See if I find something better. Maybe there'll be something better at my gate. And then you get to your gate and all there is is like a kiosk with a refrigerator and some soggy sandwiches and saran wrap and maybe a cup of like macaroni salad or something. And um, But it's too late to go back to the potbelly. Come to think of it, this analogy is not very good. So let's just, just take that as advice on how to handle airports and where to find food. As for relationships, when you find the person who you know would make a good and devoted and loving spouse, you've won. You've completed the game. Congratulations. That's, that's, that's the objective. You've com- that's, you're there. No need to keep looking. Continuing to date and sleep around and whatever, none of that is going to help you in the long run. And you'll be, you'll, What you're practicing then is just basically disloyalty, heartbreak, breakups. Um, that's the experience you'll be getting. And that's the experience you're going to bring into your marriage when eventually you do go down that road, a road that you could have walked years before. Don't make that mistake, young man. And uh, take what is right in front of you. And that is my fatherly lecture for the day. I don't know if any of this advice will be useful to any of you, except for the airport bit. That is really important. When you see the potbellies, go for it. Um, But there it was.